I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's Wednesday. We are back with another episode of Stretch Marks. I'm Caroline Foran. And I'm Sinead Moore. This episode of Stretch Marks is brought to you by Pregnacare. Trying to conceive what we think. TTC. TTC, the whole making a baby, which for the first 15 to 20 years of your life, not of your life, but you know, of your fertility life, you were like terrified of making it work. And then all of a sudden you're like, work now, please. Yeah. Remember in Mean Girls when he's like, if you touch off another person, you will get chlamydia and die. But we are like, we're like. We believe that. The Catholic shame and guilt yeah. that runs through our veins. And I'm absolutely raging I didn't just enjoy sex a bit more before I was at that stage where I wasn't I didn't have to be so afraid Well you can't even look at a penis now and you'll be you'll be pregnant in your uniform and the shame (laughs) that will be cast down upon it's outrageous what we put on women as opposed to actually teaching our teenage girls what is happening in their body and educating them and empowering them and making it all safe Mm -hmm. Didn't have a clue And then like we we emerge like these virgins into our 30s <laughs> and you know years away from perimenopause going hello womb yeah what are you how do you work and we don't even we're calling it a vagina when it's a vulva like we haven't got a clue I certainly haven't got a clue my only memory of any kind of female bodily sexual education school no word of a lie the only thing I remember that stands out is not wiping your arse from back to front that's the only thing I can remember being told and I mean it's good good tip I mean strong tip but why would you I know but like, well you know you go one way or the other, like, if you didn't know any better. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that not thought, like, so I've been through toilet training. How did that, how, how did that come up? I don't when know. When you were 14. I don't know, but it stuck with me anyway. Okay. Never done okay. it. Well, avoid those kidney infections. But, I think they were so afraid to talk to us about sex in case we did it. Yeah. Don't, in Jesus, school. don't mention it. Then they'll know that it's a thing. And if they know that it's a thing, then they'll do it. And I still don't, to this day, I mean. I still don't I still, know. <laughs> no, but like, I still don't well, understand. Caroline. Like, when two people are you know, love. fallopian tubes and the cervix and the, you know, all, all these different things. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. All that stuff down there. Yeah, but photosynthesis. That was the bit. That was that was the thing we needed to know. That's what we needed to know. Osmosis. That's I what mean, got us into college. You know, there's, there is a, a, a a massive book that wasn't written for 14 year olds. <laughs> maybe it has been. Maybe it will be by the time my girls are 14, hopefully. But not even 14, 12, whenever. But there is this education piece that comes up when you're trying to conceive that all of a sudden you're like, 
Nobody told me these things. Do you remember? I actually know that you say it. You're jogging my memory. Those Osborne books or Osborne books. Yeah. And we had one of them at home and it was like the naughty book. Like we yeah. were, I remember like. Line I, drawings. Yeah. We, we, no, it wasn't. It was like really graph. I must bring oh. it into you. Like really detailed like pencil drawings of like a woman's body and a man's body with pubes and everything and I was like ah! and like boobs and penises and and like it was the only thing and it was almost like my parents just said no look at that when you're older or I, I don't even I don't even remember reading it with my mom they just like fling it into think, your bedroom close the door and run I away just, yeah I just remember looking at it with my friends and being like <laughs> and either mortified or thinking it was gas or being like look at the willy like look at that I think that was it. I learned all about sex from gay bird. <laughs> That's the, that is what the truth. What did he teach you about it? The Late Late Show. I was allowed to stay up on a Friday. Well, like, allowed to stay up. I think my parents just thought I was, like, asleep on the couch. I would be lying on the couch, like, one eye open, one eye on the telly going, like, what are they talking about? Taking it all in, being like, oh, my God. Wow. The topics that were covered in the early 90s on The Late Late Show. Really? Mind blown. Yeah. Like... 69ers. No, I wasn't taught. It's not like the Hello Jenny Keen level of sex. I was taught like a man and a woman make a baby. You, and the late throw- late show. Yeah, but not, they weren't like educating us. Okay. They were talking about sex probably in a like shameful Christian capacity. But it was enough for me to kind of like put the pieces together. Okay. Be like, oh, I think that's how a baby is made. Okay. For me, it was like Shook. dirty dancing, ghost. <laughs> yep. Fair. Also, I mean, fairly rude. I wasn't allowed to watch them. That's the thing. It's allowed to watch oh, them. We, we had a, a TV in the attic and a, a video player. And I don't know. I would be up there like I remember, educating myself. Edu- <laughs> I remember watching Dirty Dancing. um, Like when I was like, for, like for the first time in ages, like in my mid 20s, <laughs> like years had gone past mm. going like, she had an abortion? Yeah, like that whole thing. Oh, I, I did that went over my head. Slipped my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like dirty dancing, she's doing the dance names, a bit of flirting. Yeah, He's gorgeous, the whole thing. <laughs> and watching it back now, I'm like, I did not even know that happened. Did your dad do the whole thing of like hand over the eyes when you're watching filth on the telly if it came on, and it would only ever come on when you're watching? No, like we our family would go into a complete state of paralysis. <laughs> and we would be just like so silent and mute for hours thereafter. Nothing would be said. Oh God, it's horrific, isn't it? Oh. But it's a rite of passage for every awkward it's Irish teenager. It's still horrific. You're yeah. there on Christmas night watching the Christmas movie and you're looking at Orti going, this this is what you chose to put on oh, yeah. at 10 oh, o'clock on Christmas Day? Really? And you can't, you can't say, I don't want to watch this because then it's like What's awkward. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or but, just like, I'm, uh, I just want to make, make a cup of tea there now. Actually, anyone else want a cup of tea? But on the topic of trying to conceive. And, <laughs> Which we've veered so far and, away from. <laughs> no, well, there's a segue. On the topic of trying to conceive and the parental awkwardness. Wasn't it weird? Okay, maybe telling it your parents. Telling your yeah, parents like, that you're sex. pregnant. I know, that did cross my mind. It and really they like did. leap for joy and celebrate. And it's you're like, like, you know, I rode rings around myself for this to happen. Well, you don't need to tell them that, Caroline. <laughs> but that's it, like. That's what's, you know, if, if you if you unpack it and your dad's like, yay. I'm like, I'm so, I actually felt like I need to say I'm sorry. It's dad. really, it's, it's, it's still to this day. Yeah. It, like, I felt like it was okay. Awkward. I felt like it was okay because I was married. For, yeah, I know. You know my parents yeah. were like, which is so and it's, awful. My parents, they're not religious. We're not yeah, practicing Catholics at all. But for some reason, it's still like, in us. It was, it was okay for us to like, for Barry to be in, you know, if we went down to the house or, you know, when I was still living at home. 
when we were when he was my boyfriend and he would come over and stay over like he it was not okay if he stayed in my bedroom yeah. once you're married you don't give a shit but they didn't but it was not like they're not of the religious belief that marriage has to come first it's just the yeah. way we're all built yeah um, so I did feel like it was an easier pill to swallow I don't, I'm not saying it was a hard pill to swallow from they were delighted to become grandparents but yeah there's a little bit of that latent Catholic guilt there totally the teenager in you is like I'm basically announcing to my parents that sex occurred yeah confirming it awful awful it's horrible it's horrible but look trying to conceive for some people can be absolutely swift and magic yeah it can be a surprise and a shock and a fear Mm -hmm. it can be a bit of fun that turns into a lifetime of child raising and for some it can take a lot lot longer than expected and for some it cannot happen at all yeah and I think it's the first time that I think I've arrived at a place where your body is not performing like sex for sex. It's like there's a there's an end goal here. There's like yeah. a pos- literally literally you're being tested on the success of this. Mm-hmm. Um and your your heart and everything is like it just firstly for me it it the anxiety and sort of detraction from what sex used to be you know, it becomes like the job now because yeah. it's like... It's a function. It's, it's a function yeah. here we're trying to conceive, you know. And even... oh, I It just, changes it completely, I think. It, it is, and I can imagine it definitely changes it the longer you go into it and it becomes really like, we have to do this, I need this to happen. Yeah. And I can imagine the stress and anxiety around sex becomes pretty significant. But it's also a very exciting moment, I think, when you agree with your partner. You're like, yes, will we try? Yeah. Or will, for me, it was like... We'll stop not, we'll yeah. stop trying not to get pregnant. Yeah. We're not not trying. Yeah, we're not not trying. But I think. That you, felt like lower pressure. Yeah, but it? then you. Then you're trying. I you're only lying on to yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're lying to yourself. And then as soon as, you know, you, that first time where you're not trying to not get pregnant happens. And you, and you don't. You're like, oh. Yeah. You're yeah. like a sinking, sinking, yeah. sinking feeling. Yeah, absolutely. I was a very, very, very lucky in my uh, journey to conceive. Um we made the decision that we were ready to start trying and I got to know my cycle and stuff and uh, got the ovulation sticks, peed on sticks. Didn't happen for us the first month and, you know, you kind of go into it telling yourself like, oh, it's going to, you know, for most people the the stats are like half a year to a year to two years. Mm. So not try not to be, you know, putting Mm. too much pressure on yourself. Even that first one month when it didn't happen, I, I, I felt this sort of sinking feeling and then I was like, okay, okay, I obviously really want this. And then it happened the second or third, I think maybe the third month. So my my trying to conceive time was very short and I was so fortunate and so grateful. Um, and and I know that, well, I don't actually know what the stats are, but I think it was more people, it takes more people longer than than two or three months. Um, but yeah, so that I can't, I have no experience in having a difficult time. I do have some of my closest friends who have been on completely different journeys and it has been soul destroying for them um, to go through it. And and for like we said in a previous episode where, you know, you all do things at the same time and you all, mm. you know, get go to college, you could do things, you know, things you, you, you put your heart into something and it happens, you you put work in and then you have success. And then something like pregnancy, getting pregnant, you take away that you know it doesn't follow it doesn't necessarily follow that if you do it right it'll work and then some people it does and some people it doesn't and then there's just this unfairness to it that is so heavy and 
for my friends anyway who I've talked to at length about it it just kind of can flip back onto you thinking that you're failing in some way or you and your partner are failing or something's going wrong and that it's your fault and what maybe starts out as something something that you could address becomes this whole other anxiety about what you feel it says about you and the fear of the future and what if it never happens I can't imagine the worry and anxiety that goes that goes with it I had two very different ones so I I got pregnant on my first in the blink of an eye and I got this false sense of security yeah a complete false sense of security that it was like firstly and I said in a previous episode looking back now it was a complete random I'm sure if I had tried to get pregnant on my first we would probably would have experienced similar issues um in that my if I were to follow a calendar my cycle is just like doesn't follow the rule book so it was total luck and total chance and I went through the next few years being like sure it'll be grand sure and and we would have chats about number two and I would feel I'm not ready I want to be ready so we'll wait and then when it was like okay I'm ready and I remember thinking like looking, I was like, right, well, I have my period now. So in a few days, in a few weeks. Okay, so we're ovulating then. And you're kind of working it out. And as the days are chalking down, I remember literally in my head going, Jesus, next Sunday I'll be pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Because like, I think I'm ovulating there now on Wednesday or Thursday. Next Sunday night. This will be my last glass of wine now on a Sunday night. Next, next Sunday night I'll be pregnant. Um, now, I didn't verbalise this, obviously. Yeah. But in my head... That was the level of confidence that existed. Uh, and I have the same. I feel like if I was to have unprotected sex now, I feel like I get pregnant right away. Yeah. Because it happened before. And you were the person who told me that secondary infertility is the most, it's the highest. It, that's where it's most likely to happen, right? So sec- secondary infertility is a, so, okay. When we get, uh, fertility is very medicalized, obviously, and there's lots and lots of different physical issues that can occur for people and doctors that can help. Secondary infertility can sneak up on people without realizing it because they feel like, well, hang on, it, it worked. Yeah. So my body can do this. So therefore, it kind of sometimes, it removes some of those medical things off the table straight away. Yeah. And they don't anticipate it and they don't expect it. But fertility is hormones. And after pregnancy, you're stressed. You're not sleeping. You might not be fulfilling, you know, your nutrient levels. You might not be getting sleep. You're doing the juggle of work and paying the bills and the childcare. And the whole thing can keep you in a different hormonal phase than you were when you first conceived. Mm -hmm. Do you take care of yourself better now? Or when you were, you know, child-free and... Child-free, absolutely. So our body composition changes in pregnancy, but also we age and our our partner's age. Let's not put this all back on the woman here. No. Okay. So secondary infertility can often occur and require hormonal, like, little... Often it's, it's not as, you know, invasive as some of the other fertility challenge treatments. But it's still a kind of a hang on, what? How's what? But we but remember last time. Remember last time, mm. and your expectation versus reality again in motherhood just meets another knock. And that's I suppose my story. First time round in the blink of an eye. Second time round thinking I'd be pregnant by Sunday. 
Sunday didn't happen. The next Sunday or four weeks later didn't happen. Whatever. And it, and 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 still in my story, you know, we conceived her after maybe seven or eight months. Really normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. not a problem. No, actually, not a problem. And in comparison to some people's journeys, a tiny like that's like a week in their world. But I didn't. I think the the point is, I didn't know that it would be two months later. Or three months later. Yeah. You live in a phase of... Maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. Yeah. Maybe this is it. And everything is wrong. And something is wrong. And each knock, each negative test is confirming your greatest fear to you that something could be wrong. And you live in a cycle of... I definitely lived in a cycle of like... So if you look at your calendar, like week, week one after that period is like deep sadness. Mm -hmm. And then there's a week of kind of... Yeah, but okay, we're, we'll we'll get back. We'll you know get back on gear. Then there's a week of like, go go go. Like you know, you know, you need to be here at this time, and that's not fun. It's a really stressful week actually. And then there's a week of complete hope because you had unprotected sex. Therefore, and then there's a week of my ankles tingled. Mm-hmm. So therefore, like that nipple felt funny. Yeah, and 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 I. Not that I wasn't obviously functioning, whatever, but I was living my life, like sitting in a meeting, for instance, just being kind of like. You'd notice a hair stand up on it. Oh, like your brain is occupied, consumed. I would be living, you know, people might say, oh, there's a wedding on. and And you're like, oh, I wonder now, will I be four months pregnant then or not pregnant or sick? You know, you live your life in the future being uncertain, but yet it's the. Hopeful. Yeah, it's the determinator of what's going to happen next and it taught me a lot it taught me a lot about my how my body works that I did not know it taught me a lot about I don't communicate like never never would have spoken whilst I was in it about it to anyone okay anyone so like partner, nobody like we don't like I was this was my cross <laughs> to bear kind of thing. Um, and it didn't end on the positive pregnancy test. That's the other thing. You don't shake it off. Mm-hmm. You yeah. carry that constant concern with you. And I was I'm just annoyed that I was I mean, I was 35 going through that. And it was like the prop, it was properly the first time where I was kind of like, what What the heck is a progesterone test? Yeah, I know. There's two things I've learned from talking to my best friend about infertility that I, I wouldn't have known. Um, and, and in terms of approaching someone or talking to someone who's having um, a difficult journey trying to conceive. And the first one, I'll, I'll work backwards. The first one is that you, what you mentioned there, you know, getting that positive pregnancy test does not at all mean that the anxiety you carry that anxiety for so long and people might say things like sure you know you you can relax now you're pregnant or Mm. you've gotten what you wanted like why are you still so worried and anxious and the anxiety stuck with my friend so much and I felt for her so much and I was like it's not it's not going to go away she's like it's going to rob her of a lot of the joy of being pregnant now because of the fear that something might go wrong until the baby is here and healthy and happy and safe and then you're into a whole other world of worries then um but 
that misconception that like well you're pregnant now it's fine that that and also the pressure on you maybe to feel like well I'm pregnant now I should be okay it's your body has been conditioned to be on high alert and looking for a threat for so long you can't just switch it off um and it's still now that you're pregnant it's even more on edge to make sure every you know you're safe and your baby is safe and you're doing what you can the other thing that I've learned is which I I now can see how unbelievably heartbreaking and frustrating it is for someone having difficulty conceiving it would be is that to be told that if you could just relax Mm. and to hear from people who maybe in the media who did go on to conceive and say do you know what it actually happened when I was at my most relaxed and the implication being that you you there's some sort of you're not relaxing hard enough you're not trying hard enough you're not relaxing hard enough and I did a, a whole series on on pregnancy um, when I was pregnant and one of the episodes I did with a fertility expert um, on, about trying to conceive and something that she said really stuck with me because I think there's a lot of fear around stress and anxiety being like, oh my God, I'm so stressed about this and like I know that's going to make it impossible to conceive and that's not the case. She said across the board, difficulty trying to conceive causes stress stress does not necessarily cause difficulty trying to conceive because if you think about all the different situations in the world where people are under immense stress and do conceive so to take that pressure off and and certainly when you're if you're talking to someone you know not to say things like maybe just relax maybe just take a step back from work like maybe it's not possible for them to take a step back from work they have to pay their bills or you know it's it is a really stressful thing and it's not their fault that it's stressful it's an incredibly hard time and just yeah just that whole the 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 relationship between stress and being relaxed and fertility is I think a bit misunderstood and I think it makes it so much harder for people who are going through it to be like well I can't fucking relax thank you it's it's an impossible ask yeah even if I was stationary and you'd be looking at me as though look at her there now relaxing on that couch no inside your mind there is no relaxation to happen the only time I found myself able actually to relax was I did start acupuncture mm-hmm. and it was the first time I had allowed myself to do that um so you were able in that moment to feel like temporarily re- relaxed yeah like I had to I had to bring in the big guns to be like please switch my head off yeah well actually no I went into him thinking please <laughs> not 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 him but please make me pregnant um but actually what needed to occur and he was so amazing at spotting this. He was like, it's not your fertility we need to actually f- like go at. Firstly, it's your head. You need to completely shift out of this frozen level of fear. Yeah. It was all encompassing. And 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 I'm not to, and it's not to say that me being given the ability to, you know, be sent into a, a state of relaxation because of the um, acupuncture that caused the pregnancy. Like, but it, it, I think what I learned is that it's a bit domino-y. You know, you can't just be like, I have to fix this part of my life. It has to be all encompassing. You have to look at all the different parts of your world to give yourself just the bedrock chance. Yeah. That's not to say that it will actually work or not. You, if you ha- if you need medical intervention, medical intervention is there. And I did an episode. We cover fertility quite a bit on every mum, and I had Ivan Quillen on, who went for IVF for her third baby. And like that, lots of people kind of being like, "But she have the two. Oh, but she have the two. And her, the thing that I took from that episode was her being like, "Why did I not go sooner? 
why did feeling like once you get on the IVF track, you're feeling like all hope is lost of it just being within our control and accepting that there is a problem. Mm. Whilst her thing, you know, having gone through IVF and it working and her now having her baby in her arms was like, if you have a problem, stop wishing it away. Yeah. Talk to the people who can actually do something about it. We're not getting any younger. It's just that it's sometimes it's so hard to arrive at the conclusion of a problem. Oh, totally. Totally. You know, it can be months and years can go by where you're like, it's undiagnosed difficulty trying to conceive or infertility, which is maybe even harder because there's not something, there's no plan of action. There's no kind of course you can follow through to be like, well, if I address this and I address this, it's just not happening and you don't know why. But it can feel safer thinking, but sure, it'll happen in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Than no, we're now, we're now, we're now at a fertility clinic. Yeah. And you then, know? well, for, for my friend anyway, the, it, she moved completely away from the space of, oh, it'll happen in two weeks to being like, it's never going to happen. Mm. And I'm so delighted for her that it did happen. For, but, and, but what she kept saying, you know, we would say things like, oh, look, it will happen. It will happen. You really don't know what to say. No. And you, you don't want to be like, you don't want to do the whole toxic positivity thing. You know, you want to say like, be hearing her pain and be there for her as it is. And she was like, but, but kind of like statistically, it doesn't happen for lots of people and and like mm. that might be the case and that might be me what do you say to that and that is th- that is true and I I can't imagine that and yeah it's I'm sure there's people listening who are like that's me or that's appearing to be me at this point in my journey Um, and at what point do you confront that so our experiences are not obviously no everyone's experience no so we wanted to bring in as many voices as possible as we always do on this podcast this is about the little lovely wonderful tribe of women that follow us here and take part in these polls and I went through them all so and again sometimes I'm 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 taken aback by the messages that come in on these polls um the sometimes they're hilarious sometimes they are It'd stop you in your tracks, wouldn't they? Stop you in your tracks. Because this is like, it's almost a little permission to kind of just be completely, like, say it as it is. Yeah. No consequences. There's no, you're not going to, you know, hurt your partner by saying, like, this is shit or whatever. So, reading through them, you can feel, oh God, you can just feel the pain. You can feel the pain. And this is more than likely a community that already have a child. Yeah. So, as I said, fertility, I think, is a whole other spectrum of medical information and knowledge that needs to be shared. But what we can do here is talk about actually how trying to conceive impacts yeah. us. Yeah. There is so much about trying to conceive that is out of our hands. Luteal phases, progesterone, sperm motility, mind-boggling levels of precision timing. It's a lot. And while there aren't always answers, there are some ways to take back control and nourish your body to be at its best, if and when. Pregnicare, our sponsor for this episode, have recently launched Pregnicare Conception Max, which has been developed based on scientific research to provide maximum support before pregnancy. And Pregnicare, the award-winning pregnancy supplement, want to start looking after you right now and are giving away three months of Pregnicare products to support your journey, plus a €200 one-for-all voucher, which you can enter to win on our Instagram page at Stretch Marks Podcast. 
with important vitamins and minerals like vitamin B12, vitamin D, selenium, magnesium, coenzyme Q10 and more. It also contains zinc which contributes to normal fertility and reproduction and an advanced form of folic acid at the exact level recommended by the HSE for all women who are trying to conceive. Plus a high purity of omega-3 fish oil capsule providing essential fatty acids. It can happen quickly, it can take time or maybe not at all. But for all of us, trying to conceive is a mental, physical and emotional stretch and we need max support. Food supplements must not replace a varied and balanced diet and a healthy lifestyle. And you should always consult your doctor or pharmacist before using. So I wanted to ask how people conceived on their first versus the others to see was there like a difference in the percentage. Okay, so on your first, 17% got pregnant by accident versus 11% thereafter. So 17% was by accident, 11% if it's on the second or third. So you're probably being a little bit more cautious, perhaps, on the second or third, or it just didn't happen as spontaneously. Mm-hmm. Get pregnant through planning. So 54% were planning on their first and got pregnant. 58% conceived straight away on their second or third. The one here is that it took longer than expected. The the taking longer than expected is 26% in the second and thirds and it is less in your first. So this confirms that if you're looking for your second and third, more people are telling us that it took them longer on their subsequent pregnancies than their first, which is a totally normal place to be. So if that's you right now, it is totally normal for it to take longer on subsequent pregnancies. Mm -hmm. Are you currently trying to conceive 18% of the people listening to us are currently trying to conceive. And if yes, how long have you been trying to conceive? So 41% are trying to conceive for the last three months, 21% the last three to six months, a few more. But 21% of people trying to conceive listening here have been trying for the last 12 months plus. So 21% for a year or longer. And as I said, if they're probably listening to this and part of this community, they probably have a child. So... It's it's not. I don't want to normalize it to the point that people don't do anything about it. Yeah, it's it's hard to know when to look into things because we are told, okay, don't worry about it for the first year because it can take that long. Yeah, but don't take action too, though. Like, yeah, I feel like if it was some, I don't know if I'd be able to sit around myself. I think I would want to just because of my need for control and to know what's going on. I probably want to go in and start some investigations if it wasn't happening in the first maybe four months for me. And that's just me. And I don't think that there's this blanket thing of, oh, talk to your GP. Not all GPs actually know enough about women's health. Yeah. Go to a women's health clinic or go specifically to a fertility clinic and get, it could be something as simple as a thyroid test that you need to take. But have those tests, just get the information and armour yourself with that. Yeah. Have you ever been concerned about your fertility? 72% yes. Wow. So we are concerned, but interestingly, have you been concerned, sorry, have you been concerned for your partner's fertility? It takes two. Only 40% have said yes. Wow. That's really telling, isn't so it? We, we just carry we shoulder it. it all. We carry it. It is completely down to us. And isn't it, isn't it like statistically very much 50-50, whether it's, if it's, if it's a male and a female partnership, that it, it's, it can be either? I don't know, actually. I never looked into it, but I, 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 I believe that like, my problem is your problem. Your problem is my problem. So we have to deal with this together. Yeah. And I would hope if you're going for some tests that your partner is open to having. Yeah. Those tests too. 
If you did have tests or treatments, oh, this is so heartbreaking. Were you told what the issue was or is? 51% it's unexplained. Oh my God, that's so hard. That's the thing. I feel like if if all of this was a man's problem, like they, they can send people to the moon. How can we not have more information, more science, more research, more awareness of what is happening? To be left feeling like it's unexplained, to me, I, I would rather have... It's like a missing person that's never found. Yeah, I would rather know for sure this is not going to happen than live in this kind of... Limbo. Limbo it's, of unexplained. It's horrible. The and mental that's the resilience. the hard part is, that is that you have to get yourself out of that limbo by your own choice yeah. and you never want to give up. You never, you never want to give up. But yeah, the level of mental resilience that so many couples have as they're just going about their normal day, yeah. knowing that that's going on for them and probably still not talking about it enough. While trying to conceive, what were the most, what were the worst, sorry, what were the worst things that were said to you? Okay, so actually I read these earlier and some of them are very similar to mm-hmm. what you just described. A load of people just being like the, just relax. Oh, Jesus. Just relax. That doesn't work in any part of life, in any situation ever. Can we just stop with the just relax thing? Yeah. So other ones that, when are you having a baby? You have a you sure? You wouldn't want to wait. You wouldn't want to wait. I feel like people definitely more easily say, where's number two than they would. I think we've learned that if someone hasn't had a child yet, maybe we shouldn't say anything. Yeah, But yeah, there's yeah, an yeah. assumption that if you've had one, you're going to, you can have another one easily. I was told, um, ah, you're depriving her of a sibling. Oh yeah, I'm told that all the time. It's like, I'm, I'm okay. Well. You were told that and how old was she? She wasn't even, you were pregnant when she was two. She, yeah, I conceived her when she was two and a half. Oh, because really a one year old is aware that she's been yeah, deprived of a sibling. I know. Often when you give up drinking and trying to be healthy, people assume you already are pregnant. Yeah, like yeah. the if you show up to thing and you're like, no, I'm not having one tonight. <gasps> oh, have you got news? Oh my God. And it could be because you're recovering from. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, well, actually, I was miscarrying last yeah. week and I don't feel great about having a hangover on top of it. Thanks. Um, because you got pregnant by accident on your first, you assume there'll be no problem on your second and third. And I didn't write that. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that is, that is, it's really common. It's really, yeah. really common. You already have two kids. Don't push your luck. Don't push your luck. I would love to just come face to face with some of these people who say these things. This, and be like, are you for real? This person, she was trying for number three and had just had three miscarriages in a row. Ah, don't push your luck. You'd be grand with your two. Have you any kids or your turn is next? Although that, oh, that your turn thing. Yeah. The GP repeatedly saying, time isn't on your side. Yeah, like I'm not <laughs> aware of that. Oh my God. Oh my Lord. Um, oh, you two have a great life jet setting while the rest of us are tied down. Isn't it well for you? Lord have mercy. Oh my God. But you can see that. Like you, this assumption that, you know, couples who are putting their time, like maybe they were doing the thing that people are saying, oh, just go and relax. So they're like, oh, I have to relax, book a holiday. I know. And then the flip side of that is then more judgment of, oh, aren't you well for yourself now? Yeah. Uh, going off on your holiday. I think it must be very hard to draw a line, but like create them sort of invisible barrier around yourself to protect from other people's comments. But I think in most cases, people are generally uncomfortable with other people's discomfort so they rush to say something that they think is helpful it often rarely is or and maybe an Irish thing of wanting to kind of just make light of things or brush past things quickly 
I like to believe that people aren't always coming from like a really nasty place but some of those things just were depending on where you're coming from like the receiver of the comment it can just be like such a blow um you mentioned there as well about you know the doctor saying like oh you know time isn't on your side and with secondary and in, in with difficulties when you're trying after your first that you know it takes longer and you know why didn't you try sooner for me there what I, what I would struggle with is that I like say I wanted to have a second child I I know that I'm not ready right now but I don't know if I wait till I am ready mm. will it be too late and do I start trying now when I don't feel ready and it might not happen but it might actually happen and then I'm but oh. there are tests to find out then if you know what your ovarian reserve is okay yeah which are very very simple non-invasive tests where you can discover you know whether actually there is a you know a shorter time frame for you to continue producing eggs or not producing eggs your eggs are there but how many are left yeah okay and it's a really useful tool to so then you can feel like actually no we you know there are loads of other factors don't yeah, get me wrong yeah yeah but, but it's something. It's, it's something some- where you're like, okay, actually, my ovarian reserve is is strong, and therefore, or no, if we want to do it and we want the confidence of doing it without challenge, we should probably be thinking about this now. Well, that's where we were the first time around. We probably could have had a few years more, you know, traveling. We hadn't done a whole lot of that, and you know, and and I was just like, I you know. I'd rather it happen sooner than have run into difficulty, but that feels like a much bigger decision to add a second one now. You know, because we had we had our house, we had you know we were we were set up, we were in a position that it was the next thing to it do. It was the next thing to do if you're following the, the rules of of life. But did you want one? Did you feel like I'm, I really want? Yes, no, to start I did. This? But I also knew, like I did, I I was like, oh, I I could also if I knew for sure it would happen in two years, I'd probably hmm. wait. Um. But I was afraid that it wouldn't happen. So I was like, mm. you know, it was it was a bit of both. It was feelings. a test. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of both. It was a bit of both. Like I, did, I don't think I did. I certainly wasn't like, oh, I'm 100% ready. Mm. I don't know many people I don't think are. anyone. Yeah. I don't like I. You're not you're never there's never a, a real readiness. No. And if you get to the point where you think you're ready, like I did when I was giving birth, I wasn't ready for what happened after that either. Um, I also asked so that we can learn what were the words of support that you needed to hear from people um, and actually it's all it's all, it's not what people say it's how little they say yeah just listen don't you don't need to offer a solution or try to fix something sometimes you just need to be there and that can be really hard for people because they feel the need yeah, to fill a yeah, silence yeah, yeah. It's especially like I, partners yeah I don't need you to say something I just need to say this is fucking shit I'm having a hard time and don't dismiss the pain that they're going through no don't shake that away you can certainly distract them by doing lovely things but don't minimise that absolute gut-wrenching heartbreaking pain that comes with the simple monthly act of getting a period because it is crushing in that moment and I just think like everything here that please support don't advise your friends um empathy about how hard it is I'm not sure any words help just be there it don't say you're you're next because I might not be I'm sorry you're going through this check everything is okay and that's like 
I really, if we can do anything, why not know more about what's going on for us? Well, is it because it can be so costly to find out? And the the there's obviously there's immense costs when it comes to you know expensive for full fertility treatment, but the tests are not out of most people's reach. Okay. Of course, there's like probably the sixty euro appointment. You know, with with as I'd said, not all GPs know what they're testing for. Mm-hmm. I would go to a specific women's clinic. And I would specifically look on their website to see do they have specialty in, you yeah, know, reproductive health. There are, so, there are health. so many tests, there's so many things to look for that, you know, given our education on yeah. our bodies, we wouldn't know where to start ourselves. Yeah. So like, you need to go to a specialist. Reproductive knowledge as yeah. opposed to just kind of fertility yeah. treatment. Um, explore what tests are available and you might find actually like some of them are just basic blood tests to see you know, the progesterone test at day 21 to see, did you ovulate? Actually, mine came back as negative because I didn't ovulate at 14 days. Yeah. So I was doing a 21 day test. No point. It was showing up negative, but it was showing up negative because I would only like, I would ovulate on day 23. So then I was discovering that my luteal phase wasn't long enough and all of these things. There is so much, but there are really, and one comment here earlier, you know, just to discover that she wasn't ovulating and all she needed was a small hormonal pill to make her ovulate. Yeah. And then it worked. Don't sit in the unknown. It's such a hard place to be. I also think it's important to say that, you know, we often think about, you know, going to, if you, if you think about like going to like a fertility specialist or, or um, a reproductive specialist, it's something you kind of do as a last resort. It's something mm. that you, they'd be like, oh, well, how long have you been trying? Oh, if you go away and try again for another year before you come back. I think there's probably a misconception that you'll be met with that kind of reaction as in, mm. you know. It's your what, life. Yeah, it's your like, body. Don't it's come your to us until there's a problem. But actually you can take that upon yourself to be like, I want to know, I want to start off my journey by having a little bit more information. And also you're paying for it. So like you shouldn't be met with that resistance. And if you are, they're not the person for you. Yeah. They're not the caregiver for you. Find somebody else. If that's their attitude, shake them off. Because if you arrive up with any other physical problem and they, you know, I just have this massive pain in my heart all the time. Yeah, no, that's nothing. Yeah, come back when you're on the floor. It could be something. I know. So if that's what you're met with, they're not the caregiver for you. Ultimately, what we're hearing back here is be told you are right to be in this pain. You are right to have this sadness. You are right to be feeling what you're feeling. And to ultimately to listen to your gut. Don't don't tell them it'll happen because it might not Tell them that they are right to be feeling what they're feeling. That's the hardest thing, I think, for friends is to to not want to just try and wrap it up in a bow by saying, look, it will happen. It will happen for you. It's the absence of saying that makes you feel like you're you're saying nothing. And maybe that's the best thing you can do. As Ronan Keating would say. <laughs> I'll put that as our outro music. Has your fertility put a strain on your relationship? 68% said no, but there are 32% of people who have said that fertility is putting a strain on their relationship. I thought you were going to say the opposite. Yeah, thing. so did I actually. 32% saying yes. I, look, as I said, I can only speak of the times in my life where fertility has been a challenge. And it's it's hard to say that it put a strain, but it definitely put a cloud. Yeah. Like there was total, did it work, did it not, like... And and kind of, yeah, that sense of failure and is it me, is it him, is it us? Um, a, a feeling of having to, you know, right, like 
sex lost its meaning yeah. in terms of the fun and, and the intimacy and the spontaneity. For my best friend, she started to really beat herself up about the fact that she was so absorbed in in this experience that she was like, I have such a brilliant partner and I have such a great life and I have loads of things going on. And she was being so hard on herself that yeah. she wasn't able to see that because she was so focused on Fixated. this loss that the, of this thing that n- never even existed yet. You know, it was... And I was like, look, you are appreciative of what you have. You do know you've got lots of great things in your life. But this, at the moment, is completely... It's take grown arms and legs. Mm. Um, and that's another, you know, and that guilt is something you don't need on top of everything else you're going in, you know, you're dealing with. But like if you do enter into a partnership where you want kids, there is such an imagined life yeah. ahead of you. Yeah. And when that starts kind of getting less and less likely, it you have to have real, I don't know how you do it, but you have to kind of, well, what what is our future? What is it going to be? What are we going to put our... I mean, like, our future at the moment, we're, we're like ships in the night. Like, that's... It must be really different to not have children and to, to learn, well, actually, how do we find something else for us? Mm-hmm. While trying to conceive, did you enjoy sex? 60% no. It became so stressful. Mm. Completely understand um fair play to the 40 percent that said yes is same as always um but yeah i think if you're like trying with the fear of it not working it changes the dynamic i mean like it's i mean even if you're not at the point yet where you're fearful you're you know you're probably hoisting your legs up in the air after and you know like doing all these things and you're you know again a Hollywood myth yeah like it's not or or you know being like alright I just peed in the stick let's go and do it like it's not yeah. like the normal conditions for sexiness yeah so it already is a little especially bit especially if you've got other kids as well who are like and it's already difficult to keep bloody having sex when you have other kids anyway yeah so it's it's not it's not a romantic time no. in your life no um, and it can it's feel okay if sex is just functional if, you're, if it's a means to an end to getting a baby that's okay for the time that you're doing it, it for. is, but it is an adjustment. Yeah, it is an adjustment but for it you have to, to mean, both. It doesn't have to mean your relationship is failing or falling apart. Absolutely not. I mean, sex is a physical act. Yeah, the physical act. Of it. But I mean, it was only ever meant to be done for this purpose, anyway. I mean, women are not supposed to have pleasure or joy. <laughs> what are you saying? You enjoy it? How very dare us? Filthy. But yeah, it's it's the it's just the the feeling. Okay, let's. You know, we have to. You could be in the middle of an absolute raging row. I know, it's like, you, <laughs> it's just, like, you, just, you just do it there. Go yeah, on. but if we don't do it now, yeah. we, like, it might yeah. not work. Yeah, hurry so. up. Get it done. Get up, get in, get out. Oh, stop. <laughs> it's such a hard time. Did the cost of treatment stretch your finances? 58% yes. Yeah, it's really a lot. 42% saying no. Were you surprised at how complicated it is to conceive? 90% said yes. It is mm. so complicated. You're literally bringing in Mercury, Neptune, retrogrades, you know. And if you're in but... retrograde, good luck. Jesus. Full moons apparently yeah. can have some positive impact if you're ovulating around those times. But like it's the the window of opportunity. It's so hard to get pregnant even if everything is perfectly as it should be from a biological perspective. Which it's... is which is how I have no idea, honestly, how it occurred yeah. for me first time around. I got wordled the other day. On the first go, I guessed a word and I didn't even, like, it was the first, and I got it right. There's like a 0.0000 something chance of that happening. We do blame Wordle. I decided 
that was my one thing you know that thing you do one yeah. I decided that was one thing I was doing for me that day I was having a shit day I was like I'm doing fucking horrible I need to put up a more inspiring list <laughs> <laughs> I did it and I was like sorry what I was like I have to go buy a lotto ticket which I did the lotto's tonight we'll see I might not be here next week oh my god if you actually won from that <laughs> imagine imagine I okay give, give you a few bob <sighs> thank you very much <laughs> What do you do to support your hormonal health? Hormonal. 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 <laughs> what do you do to support your hormonal health? I think this is a massive important question and the answers are brilliant because we can't just live with our bodies assuming they'd be grand. Like we we do take care of, we, we've been taught, oh, like the food pyramid and you're five a day and you have to exercise and you have to do this. We've been taught ways to physically support ourselves in loads of other ways but not for our hormonal health. And that to me was one of the biggest learns when I was trying to conceive. I, I was fortunate enough to come across some really talented experts who were able to explain this. But some of the things that people have been doing, um, acupuncture, taking supplements, taking Pregnacare, eating whole foods for the most part, exercising, moving my body every day, research as much as I can, sleep, reduced caffeine. I'm moving my body more. I'm trying to have joy. Yeah, like laughter and joy, things like that, that like give yourself natural boosts. And again, I'm not saying if you go to a comedy gig, you're going to fix your fertility challenges, (laughs) you know, but like giving your body a break from the stress will help you feel better regardless of the impact it would have on your fertility it might just make it will lift you for a few minutes and that will only do your body good and even if you're only trying to conceive for 12 months of your entire life we should always every day be looking after our hormonal health and uh, like when you said what do you do for your hormonal health like right now my answer would be absolutely nothing (laughs) absolutely nothing like I'm some days it's if I get to have you know balanced meals I'm like whoa I'm winning at life or if I get to exercise whoa I'm doing great so like to, to even well it is those things do like they do they're all connected circle of life yeah they're all connected but I think what's really unknown that we need to explore more as women my hormonal makeup totally different to your hormonal makeup which was evident in our pregnancy episode so like how what hormonal support I need might be completely different to what you need. So I actually got I did like some major hormonal testing um years ago when I was really struggling with anxiety and I went to a functional medicine doctor. So it's different to a normal doctor and it's not necessarily like a gut specialist. It's looking at your hormones and everything and it was it was quite expensive but I was like this is worth investing in to to get a picture of what I'm dealing with. This wasn't in relation to trying to conceive but I was able to see that um I was very low on some things and very, mm. very high on cortisol at the time. Anyway, uh, I was um, given the circumstances that I was in. Um, and sure, you'd have no idea unless you did those diagnostics and it's saliva and it's maybe stool testing or blood testing or different things. Um, and it, it is really useful information, not just for, you know, for, for lots of areas of life to just to understand what you're dealing with and maybe why some things are happening for you versus and different to someone else um so that's yeah her name was um dr fanula McHale. um she's massive on instagram now herself as well and she she really helped me understand better about where i was at hormonally it's science it is it's not a failure within us it's actually just science within our composition yeah, and your is... hormones can change obviously it's yeah. not like you're not you know you're not necessarily given a diagnosing that's you for life now you can do things to, to help influence them but it is even just talking about it, it just it's a massive thing. It's, it's and that already makes you feel like, oh, like I have to get every hormone perfectly aligned. That's just not realistic sometimes. No. So No, it's an orchestra. Yeah. 
It's a complete or- and the orchestra changes day by day within your cycle. Thinking about the orchestra and the star alignment that has to happen to get pregnant, isn't it crazy that, I mean, it really is such, like, a stab, what's the, word? What's the phrase, a stab in the dark or like a needle in a haystack chance mm. and it's a miracle and an incredible thing and our bodies then go through this incredible feat of oh, life to bring life into the world and then we're like, a bit flabby, don't like my body. I know. Oh my God. Like when you think about the significance of getting there to then be so, like, this is a whole, you know, we, we talked about this in the body stretch, but to get to that point then it's really tragic for what we've been through, for the absolute amazingness that is the woman and the we put body. and we put so much thought and attention to it as I said from the, from the responses to the last one around what we do to support our hormonal health amazing answers tons 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 but yet I asked then what does your partner do to support their hormonal health do you want to hear these answers yes nothing nothing absolutely nothing not very much nothing nothing loose boxers <laughs> I swear to god <laughs> nothing 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 I'm not making this up these all say Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nada. Zero. Nothing. Takes a supplement. Fair play to him. Not enough. The point of conflict. Wow. Okay. Takes two. Takes two. Do you think women talk enough about our fertility? 87% said no. Let's do that this week. If you do. If you listen here. Have one conversation somewhere. Mm -hmm. A safe space. Have some conversation about it. And what do you wish that you knew about trying to conceive. How hard it can be, how it's not always a woman's issue that's causing the fertility problems. How difficult it can be, that it is all-consuming and I now know that trying to conceive after miscarriages is so mentally tough. We only hear that we got pregnant. You don't hear what happened in the background. Putting pressure on the situation is counterproductive. Research more, lots of time wasted sitting wondering. It is normal to take time. Go easy on yourself. How hard it was and how much planning was needed. Timing is everything. There are a lot of factors that can influence your ability to conceive. Go easy. Oh. Lots and lots. Oh, one here. To get AMH levels checked in 20s. Simple blood test that probably would have led to me egg freezing. Knowledge is power, is what I would say. It's not unusual for it to take time. I think we need to manage our expectations. I think it is not fair that all we hear about is the pregnancy announcements and mm-hmm. not all of the periods along the way that people wished were pregnancy tests. How, how do we change that, though? <laughs> we're always going to have a skewed perception. We are. And look, I'm not I'm, I'm not an oversharer. So I'm, you know, as I said, when I was going through it, I didn't tell anybody, didn't tell a soul. Yeah. So but I I now feel like I wish not that I had at the time because I don't think I think it's too painful actually to do it at the time but I think retrospectively to be kind of like no it it did take a while and it was okay now for it to have taken a while like that I now see there are so many factors involved in like firstly like that's that sperm meeting that egg in that exact moment right if you take that as one thing but then add all the other external influences around what's going on with your body at the time. It's a massive feat mm-hmm. for it to work. And you might just need a bit of help. And you might need a lot of help. And even with the help, it might not happen. Mm-hmm. But don't sit with it alone. 
Um, it's a massive stretch, even, you know, if you think, if you think it's going to be fine, it's still a massive stretch trying to conceive is like, it's such a weight of fear for a lot of people. Um, and you assume it'll be joyous and it isn't always that way. But um, if this conversation has helped do anything, all I would say is just try and get as much information as you possibly can. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Stretch Marks Podcast on Instagram so you can see what we'll be discussing next and get involved with the questions and the polls or share what you'd like us to talk about next. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and do share the love for Stretch Marks. It really helps us grow this community and it means the world to us as well. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.